Chapter Eight of the Countess of Charny by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Friend in Need. The very thing encouraging the Tuileries party was what awed the rebels. The palace had become a formidable fortress with a dreadful garrison. During the night of the fourth of August, the Swiss battalions had been drawn from out of the town into the palace. A few companies were left at Gaillon, where the king might take refuge. Three reliable leaders were beside the queen, Maillardet with his Switzers, Hervilly with the St. Louis Knights and the Constitutional Guard, and Mandat, who, as National Guard commander, promised twenty thousand devoted and resolute fighting men. On the evening of the 8th, a man penetrated the fort. Everybody knew him so that he had no difficulty in passing to the queen's rooms where they announced dr gilbert ah welcome welcome doctor said the royal lady in a feverish voice i am happy to see you he looked sharply at her for on the whole of her face was such gladness and satisfaction that it made him shudder he would sooner have seen her pale and disheartened "'I fear I have arrived too late,' he said. "'It is just the other way, doctor,' she replied with a smile, an expression her lips had almost forgotten how to make. "'You come at the right time, and you are welcome. You are going to see what I have long yearned to show you, a king really royal.' "'I am afraid, madame, that you are deceiving yourself he returned, and that you will exhibit rather the commandant of a fort. Perhaps, Dr. Gilbert, we can never come to a closer understanding on the symbolical character of royalty than on other matters. For me a king is not solely a man who may say, I do not wish, but one who can say, Thus I will. She alluded to the famous veto, which led to this crisis. "'Yes, madame,' said Gilbert, "'and for your majesty a king is a ruler who takes revenge.' "'Who defends himself?' she retorted. "'For you know we are openly threatened, and are to be attacked by an armed force. We are assured that five hundred desperados from Marseilles, headed by one Barbaroux, took an oath on the ruins of the bastille not to go home until they had camped on the ruins of the tuileries indeed i have heard something of the kind remarked gilbert which only makes you laugh it alarms me for the king and yourself madame so that you come to propose that we should resign and place ourselves at the mercy of messieurs barbaroux and his marseilles bullies i only wish the king could abdicate and guarantee by the sacrifice of his crown his life and yours and the safety of your children is this the advice you give us doctor it is and i humbly beseech you to follow it Monsieur Gilbert, let me say that you are not consistent in your opinions. 
my opinions are always the same madame devoted to king and country i wished him to be in accord with the constitution from this desire springs the different pieces of counsel which i have submitted what is the one you fit to this juncture one that you have never had such a good chance to follow i say get away flee ha, you well know that it is possible and never could be carried out with greater facility you have nearly three thousand men in the palace nearer five thousand said the queen with a smile of satisfaction with double to rise at the first signal we give you have no need to give a signal which may be intercepted the five thousand will suffice what do you think we ought to do with them set yourself in their midst with the king and your august children dash out when least expected at a couple of leagues out take to horse and ride into normandy to gaillon where you are looked for you mean place ourselves under the thumb of general lafayette at least he has proved that he is devoted to you no sir no with my five thousand in hand and as many more ready to come at the call i like another course better to crush this revolt once for all oh madame how right he was who said you were doomed who was that sir a man whose name i dare not repeat to you but he has spoken three times to you silence said the queen turning pale we will try to give the lie to this prophet of evil madame i am very much afraid that you are blinded you think that they will venture to attack us the public spirit turns to this quarter and they reckon on walking in here as easily as they did in june this is not a stronghold nay but if you will come with me i will show you that we can hold out some time with joy and pride she showed him all the defensive measures of the military engineers and the number of the garrison whom she believed faithful that is a comfort madam he said but is not security you frown on everything let me tell you doctor your majesty has taken me round where you like will you let me take you to your own rooms now willingly doctor for i am tired give me your arm gilbert bowed to have this high favor most rarely granted by the sovereign even to her intimate friends especially since her misfortune when they were in her sitting-room he dropped on one knee to her as she took a seat in an armchair madame said he let me adjure you in the name of your august husband your dear ones your own safety to make use of the forces about you to flee and not to fight sir was the reply 
since the fourteenth of july i have been aspiring for the king to have his revenge i believe the time has come we will save royalty or bury ourselves under the ruins of the tuileries can nothing turn you from this fatal resolve nothing she held out her hand to him half to help him rise half to send him away he kissed her hand respectfully and rising said will your majesty permit me to write a few lines which i regard as so urgent that i do not wish to delay one instant do so sir she said pointing to a writing-table where he sat down and wrote these lines my lord come the queen is in danger of death if a friend does not persuade her to flee and i believe you are the only one who can have that influence over her may i ask whom you are writing to without being too curious demanded the lady to the count of charny madame was gilbert's reply and why do you apply to him for him to obtain from your majesty what i fail to do count charny is too happy to think of his unfortunate friends he will not come said the queen the door opened and an usher appeared the right honorable the count of charny he announced desiring to learn if he may present his respects to your majesty the queen had been pale and now became corpse-like as she stammered some intelligible words let him enter said gilbert heaven hath sent him charny appeared at the door in naval officer's uniform oh come in sir i was writing for you said the physician handing him the note hearing of the danger her majesty was incurring i came said the nobleman bowing madame for heaven's sake hear and heed what count charny says said gilbert his voice will be that of france respectfully saluting the lord and the royal lady gilbert went out still cherishing a last hope End of chapter 8. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.